This is Jello Chow Chow, the all Jello show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Green Creeperson and the Phantom Eric and Chris want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them for the ride. Ciao, everybody, and welcome to the giant episode 47 extravaganza that I'm not selling too much here on Jalo Chow Chow, the Jalo Show. And I'm Creep with Eric and Chris. And Hi. The Bruges. Hello. Hi. Yeah, hi. Hi, everyone. I didn't tonight. bring my hairbrush to this party. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. I have the silencer on my gun, and there's only five bullets in it. <laughs> so I got um, my uh, can of Coca-Cola to drink. Your giant no. can of Coca-Cola? Yeah. I'm not going to pour it over my body or anything. But That's also, did you warm up by swinging two baseball bats at the same time? Yeah. Always. But come look at this warehouse I live in that has absolutely no better bathroom, <laughs> but it has a jukebox. Now, was that off the code? I don't think, I think it was. No way. Tonight, we're doing Chris's favorite movie and his pick. No, second favorite. <laughs> second favorite movie. You know what's funny? Um, this is a little bit of a spoiler. But you know that there's only two movies on Jalo score that say skip it? <laughs> and they're both... No, wait, no, didn't Eric pick the other one? Eric picked the other one, yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to say I picked them both. Or, I mean, creep, me, creep, picked them both. Me, creep? creep yeah. are, are you Tarzan? Me, Jane? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. What was the point you were making? No, I just thought it was strange. Because there's a whole lot of movies on your site that I would say to skip. Yeah, well, you know, listen, not everybody has the same um, tastes in movies. Some people have good taste and some don't. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree that my taste is good. <laughs> some people like to drink Coca-Cola out of armpits and belly buttons. <laughs> Whatever. Don't harm me, no. Sit on Wow, that was like seriously one of those things. I'll just say this. I forgot how visually stunning 
this film was, let's say, um, when I brought it up again. So th there's a part of me that wants to apologize, but I know that 98.99% of our viewers are men, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah. Right. This is a safe zone. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, if you guys haven't caught on yet, tonight we are going to discuss the wonders of the film that is known as Profumo, or a.k.a. Bizarre, or a.k.a. Chris's Other Life. <laughs> and it's a, it's a really fun little jaunt from 1987. And from a porno doctor. So, um, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, then put on your shoulder padded jackets because you're about to go for a ride down to Pound Town. Mm -hmm. Population U. All right. <laughs> so let me let me. <laughs> are there are there any updates or anything? that the listeners need to know about. How was everybody's Halloween? It's very it was spooky. <laughs> I spent it with uh, my roommate, and he he likes to scare a lot of the kids away um, before they're able to get to the door to get some candy. I found it very rude of him, so I told him, Lester, please... You gotta let him at least come up to the door before you start screaming and laughing at them. But he didn't listen, so I had to throw him back down here in the basement. <laughs> come on, Lester. He's so scary. He is. He is. It's his one night of the year. It's to get out of the house. So we had a little bit of a party here, and um, one of my neighbors put um, crime scene tape up in front of the building. And um, most of the kids didn't come up because they thought there was a crime scene or something. <laughs> we had all these decorations up, and probably only every third group of kids actually came. Like, they would duck under the tape and, like, walk through everything. Um, but I had my TV out back, and we were watching trailers and stuff all night. It was all sorts of fun. Barbecued, cooked some wieners and some patties. Gave everyone shots, got everyone super drunk. Everyone was throwing up except for me and like two other people. And um, I spent the last two days cleaning up. So it's been a fun day. <laughs> or a fun weekend. I imagine your wife got the wildest out of all of them. Not totally, but um, pretty damn close. Yeah. Well. That's very brave it's of those kids to, to be... duck under crime scene tape. I mean, imagine yeah. if that had been the other way around. <clears throat> what, if I was ducking under crime scene tape to go find kids? Yeah, well, I was thinking if they entered your apartment and you were, like, cut in half underneath your couch or something. Oh. Bloody old mess. Oh, if it was a crime scene. Yeah, that would yeah. have been awful. Yeah. <laughs> But I was Frankenstein, and Zoe was Bride of Frankenstein, and she had long, strapey stuff on her dress, and she kept walking next to the fire. 
was very scary. <laughs> Constantly yelling at her. Yeah. Get away from the flames! Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, fire bad. Oh. Yeah, what were you doing near the fire, Frankenstein? Really? I was just trying to save my whiff. Oh. <laughs> but whatever. Chris, what did you do? Did you blow anything up or... No, no, um, no. We we did pretty much a, a pretty epic marathon kind of trick or treat thing with the kids because they're old enough now that they don't get tired quickly, and um, so it was like the whole neighborhood. There's probably I don't know maybe ten kids in ages anywhere from uh, three to ten. Uh, walking around and all the parents walking behind them pulling a wagon full of uh, beer <laughs> through the neighborhood <laughs> um, for about two hours and that was after we had uh, some party stuff it's kind of cool because it landed on a Saturday yeah. um, so you really were able to recuperate the next day and I managed this is one of the first times that this actually happened because uh, or since I had kids anyway I managed to stay up late enough to watch an entire movie without falling asleep and that started around 9.30 so I ended up watching of course um, I, I had come up with all these ideas for all these different movies I was going to watch and you know when October starts everybody starts in the horror circle starts saying oh you're going to watch another movie every night a different horror movie and I would love to do all that stuff but it just doesn't happen so I ended up watching the original 1978 Halloween, and um, I have like a Blu-ray copy of it, and I watched it on a pretty big screen. And that movie, I mean, I don't mean to be like so cliche and so, you know, run-of-the-mill because it's kind of stereotypical to watch Halloween on Halloween, but that movie is like perfect. There's nothing wrong with that movie. I love every second of it. I don't know. Yeah, it was really good when Mario Bava made it originally. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't even come close. Uh, moving right along. I'm sorry. No, Halloween's yeah, a great movie. I just, I love. I mean, there isn't a single part of it that I don't. You know, you know how some parts of horror movies you're like, okay, I can kind of, you know, go on autopilot while this part is going on, and you know, I'll pay attention again when it changes. Like Halloween doesn't is doesn't seem to be like that. I love. The whole beginning part with Jamie Lee and walking down the street and the girls and the school and all that weird stuff and that steady cam shot when they're walking home and the the shape behind the tree and then the shape in the clothesline and oh man, so awesome. So awesome. I think some people I don't know if this is a creeps issue, but some people just don't don't get it if they, they didn't grow up with the the fallen leaves and the crisp autumn air and the the pumpkins and all that stuff, and it's just that the whole atmosphere is captured in that film so perfectly for like, yeah. especially and like midwestern for me, but it's also a good movie. I like it. And they didn't film it in a in a in an that area where they had like a fall temperature, right? I mean, yeah. apparently no, like, they like five minutes down the road. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah. they have to bring like leaves in, like yeah. to make it look like fall? That's pretty awesome. So yeah, no, I had a I had a good time. I had a I wish I had watched more. I started watching Trick or Treat, 
which um, I really thought looked excellent, um, but I was just too tired to finish it, so I have to go back and watch mm -hmm. that again. That's supposed to, supposedly a very hip and um, critically acclaimed uh, anthology that has just come out recently, and um, I think Eric turned me on to it, but I haven't seen it all the way through. We got creepy. I mean, it's it's no profumo or profumo or whatever the fuck. Yeah, not bizarre enough. <laughs> um, it's, I also it's one of those movies that it's good that we watch, but you'll never watch it again. Like profumo. Maybe. Right. Talking about what are, you, what are we talking about? Oh, okay. I also Trick wanted. I wanted to also just kind of give some shout outs because there's been a lot of activity going on in our little niche uh, on Facebook um, the uh, the movie matters podcast they did a triple Jallo um, episode um, black Billy the tarantula what have you done to Solange and um, a treatment of dress to kill uh, Brian De Palma so um, check out those guys that was episode does it have a number no it's from Monday the 19th of October Check that out, uh, Movie Matters podcast. Um, also, there is a blogger who um, put a really awesome article together about the fashion in Jolly, and I thought that Creep would have like yeah. blown a load over that article. So um, we'll give a, a shout-out to Rachel, who blogs at Hypnotic Crescendos, an all-Jollo blog which uh, is updated regularly, so um, hopefully um, she gets into uh, listening to us as much as we, or I, enjoy reading her blog, because it's really cool. It's, it's funny to see, you know, what types of people and what, you know, where geographically people get interested in Jolly, and how kind of, there's lots of different flavors of, of people who like this, um, this type of film, so it's pretty cool. So, you just like tasting people, you pervert. Exactly. <laughs> On the beach. Oh my gosh! And then you went and saw Ghost play, huh? Yeah, but I saw Ghost um, back in September. I don't think we talked oh, about it. Just wearing the shirt. Yeah, well, I was gonna wear it for Halloween, the episode before Halloween. And oh, yeah, we're supposed we to do a Halloween episode, and I fucked it up. We didn't so. have it. so And that's going to be the other problem with tonight's discussion, because I haven't watched Profumo in a week. So I'm sure, I'm sure there's, there's some subtleties that I've forgotten about that you guys will remind me of when we get there. Is Eric wearing some ghosts down south? He keeps pointing down low. Do I? I need a haircut. Are, are, you, are you wearing ghosts down south? Yes. No, it's just a ghost town down there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost was on the Stephen Colbert late, late show uh, on the night before Halloween. I don't know if anybody caught it, but they were pretty cool. It was pretty interesting to see a primetime TV show yeah. with a guy dressed up uh, with upside-down crosses singing about Satan on TV. It was pretty amazing. I'm like, yeah. we've come a long way. And I mean that. What show way. was he on? What he was show? on what the David the David Letterman show used to be. Oh, so okay. Stephen Col Stephen Colbert took over Letterman show. Late Late Show or something. 
No, it is, it's the late show, right? Because the yeah, late, late show is well, like that other guy. Oh, you just stutter. Yeah. <laughs> it's the late show. <laughs> well, this is the late, late, late show. Oh, yeah, especially tonight. Um, Weekly. I'm so sorry. We're in a different time zone. Good lord. <laughs> um, no, but, um, yeah, so if anyone, because Eric um, is awesome, but if anyone else wants to be awesome, um, and you like Ghost, but you wish they were a little less produced and more black and deathy and even doomy, you should um, go to themurdercult.com and check out all of that great music and subscribe because it's so much fun. You get all sorts of goodies. That's as best as I could sell myself there. It was wow. pretty shab. Well, but, if I get the um, t-shirt in the mail, yeah. I'll, I'll wear it on the show, I promise. Yeah, yeah. That was totally, totally not appropriate sound effect. I was looking for something that would... <laughs> Uh, there you go. I think that was closer. Uh, yeah, that was, that was really Yeah, that's my life right there, folks. <laughs> if you, if you okay. want to hear a clip so, of uh, murder, the murder cult, or murder the band, listen to Creep on the latest episode of Wrestling with Friends, uh, where he will he came on to have some fun with us, and then I also played a little bit of his music. It's really good. Just a free sample. Yeah. I paid for it though. So anyhow, there you go. That's catching. <laughs> All right. Um, no, but seriously. So Profumo. Let me tell you a little bit about the Profumo. Profumo. According to IMDb, this got a five point three rating. Webster's Dictionary that. defines Profumo as. Sorry. A scent. Or smell or odor, which I still don't understand why that's the title of this film. It definitely um, has an odor. In case you guys are um, worried about this being a adult film, it is actually NC-17. So put your minds to rest <laughs> and your Blu-ray players on play. Um, the synopsis on IMDb says a wife escapes her pressure-filled marriage only to have her husband haunt her literally and figuratively. That's like one of the worst. <laughs> how is he haunting her? Like, literally haunts her, you guys. How does he literally haunt her? Isn't he still alive? Because, it's like literally. Well, no, she's having flashes of him, which, again, I think should get some points on the Jalo score. No, she, she flashes him. Thinking, no, she keeps seeing him, oh. like in mirrors stuff talking to her that's why she did the whole hairbrush thing and um then all of a sudden um she thinks you know he bit the big one but then he didn't and then he ran them off the road and he thought she bit the big one and she didn't <laughs> so that's the whole literally part but yeah that was a horrible fucking thing so if i scroll down the page a little bit more I don't think she bit the big one. I think she did some other things to it. Oh. She choked on it. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, 
Lori and Corby's marriage revolves around sexual games with menacing scripts and voyeurism. When she's finally had enough, she leaves for their beach house and gets involved with a gardener, the younger androgynous Edward. <laughs> but Corby is difficult to escape physically and psychologically. And he literally. spies on the lovers hires goons to assault Edward, and maintains a hold over Lori's imagination. Taking advantage of Edward's soft looks, she dresses him as a woman and herself as a man in a plot to ensure a hu and humiliate Corby in his wanton ways. Will the plan work? Do Lori and Edward have a future? <gasps> Written by jhaley at hotmail.com. Okay. <laughs> a little further. Credit where credit is due. Yeah. That went a little further than maybe um, anyone wanted to um, know about. But basically, this movie is, I think, a time capsule, if you will. It is a... It's a moment in time that we will never get back again. No, a time when Argento could put out opera and his other contemporaries are putting out this. <laughs> so, if anything, this just goes to show you how the giallo genre kind of went the way of the buffalo. Because all of the fun who and classiness got transformed into trash and um, pubic hair. I don't know another way to describe it. But when you look at what else came out that year and around that time, and then look at this, it gives you an appreciation that you wouldn't normally have when watching something that smells like this. <laughs> so... To explain how this movie starts off, and it starts off with a bang, Ooh. figuratively and literally. Literally, guys. Um, Lori's wearing the biggest shoulder padded jacket that they had at the football store. <laughs> and she comes into the giant, beautiful house to see dudes with chicks all over them getting things done to them. So basically, we're led to believe that... I guess Corby is her husband's name. I didn't know that until just right now. But um, her and Corby have some, like, business where people come and get fondled by naked ladies and watch them do stuff to one another. Sounds like a pretty okay gig. Now, so she comes in, <clears throat> and we don't even know that they're married yet. He comes in, has her take her clothes off, puts a pillow over her face, and shoves a gun up her hoo-ha and tells her to spin the chamber. And then he pulls the trigger, and she's like, enough, I've had enough of your games. And she runs out. And then it turns out that they're married, and that was just like a weird little thing they were doing for no reason at all. And But she's had enough because he almost blew out her front pipe, and she wants nothing more to do with him. So she tries to escape. And she goes and stays at a hotel and has flashes of when he was there with her and another girl. And she can't handle it anymore. She's having a hard time. Some dude who's sleazy and creepy 
hits on her in the most beautiful 80s bar I've ever seen. <laughs> Miami Vice, eat your heart out. And then she realized that maybe, just maybe, her husband was behind this. So she goes upstairs to the guy's room and notices that the door's cracked. Somebody's watching. So right before her new lover was about to get his rocks off, she jumped up and kicked the door open and says, you guys can jerk each other off. Not <laughs> that. And then she goes to a what beach What a thing house. to say. <laughs> yeah, and then she meets some guy who's pretty young. He's from American, from Pasadena, where they shot Halloween. And she automatically assumes that Corby sent him there to spy on her. After a couple days of doing I don't know what because of how this movie's cut together, <laughs> they end up making beautiful love in the sandy beach. And it was the most wonderful thing that ever happened to her. But she realized that she's perverted in the head because of Corby. So she tries to do him in the butthole with a brush. <laughs> Quite violently. I think if she would have eased it in a little bit or spit on it, there would have been a little bit more love there. It's a water-based like, lube, at least. Yeah, he's like, bitch, and he fucking hit her, and he ran out the door, and she cried. So she goes back to her husband, who tried to do stuff to her with a fork, wasn't happy about it, and goes back to find her lover. And then the guy follows her. Then there's a fight. She hits him with a bat. All this crazy shit happens. She thinks he's dead. The blonde guy thinks he's dead. They pack their shit to leave, and then he's not there anymore. They're driving away. He runs them off the road. Gasoline's pouring. She's like, get out of the car. Get down. And she lights the car. Her little tiny bug blows up. Now, the whole time I'm thinking, if this bitch is so rich, why is she in that shitty bug? But now I know why, because they had to blow the car up. Uh So that's why she had that shit car. Very smart. Anyway... Yeah, so then we are now um, 47 minutes into the movie, and she says, Hey, Edward, I have something to tell you. It's called The Plot. My husband is going to (laughs) try to keep me, so we got to do something. And he's like, "Um, Okay, sure, whatever. I love you because we've been having sex and stuff. So she's like, you know what? You would make a beautiful girl. She dresses him up like a girl. He's like, fuck this shit. We're going back to California. She's like, okay. Then they get beat up. She gets kidnapped. There's a chasing that Chris did not put on Jallo's score, which I'm very upset about. And he chases the car down and throws a fire extinguisher at the windshield. Shatter! She runs out of the car and pushes the alarm. Things are going off. Things are nuts. He grabs her. They run away. He gets beat up again, and he's like, you're right. We have to get them. We got to do it. So then they concoct their elaborate plan of boy, girl, girl, boy to try to trick Corby into getting them alone so she could shoot him. I think she could have just shot him from the room when he she was spying on him. him first. When, she had when, a humility. When was the chase scene? When they beat him up, they were going to leave and she got kidnapped. Okay. And they took her down to the garage, and he chased after him. It was a foot chase. I, I have notes here, sir. Well, long story short, I'm going to ruin the movie for you now. <laughs> <clears throat> Couldn't Corby, do it. Corby ruins Edward's makeup and just demasculates him even more. Takes Lori into the back room 
gives her what for in the tailpipe. She gets all pissed off, but kind of into it, and he's like punching her in the kidney. She gets out again and shoots him a bunch. They drive to the airport, which you didn't get points for either. Airport, I think, is good enough as an airplane. No. And she's like, <laughs> it's like gotta be an no, airplane. I, I beg to differ. They it shot at right, an airplane. It says right in here, the uh, official airplane taking off or landing. Yeah. Which you can now. see plenty in the background. You can I did like it. when he threw the fire extinguisher at the windshield. That was pretty yeah, cool. that was awesome. He, he's a he's a very strapping young lad. I kept, anyway. about, I kept thinking about Baywatch. He looked like one of the Baywatch girls. That's kind of gross. Yeah. Running in slow Anyway, she says, get out of here. He's like, come with me. And she's like, no, I don't love you. Leave. now." The, and so he leaves, and then the movie ends. But the biggest thing here that I think was a missed opportunity for this film was when... Homeboy was giving it to her in the tailpipe. He said to her, Why do you want to get away from me? You're the one who made me this way. And then she understood that she was the one who was perverted and fucked up and bizarre and profumoed. So the whole thing here is is that she was really the villain the whole time. Uh And they never really get into how they got into this business or when they met. So... I think if they would have elaborated on that a little bit more, that reveal could have been a lot more punchy. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I have a feeling Eric and Chris don't really think a whole lot in this movie happened other than uglies getting bumped. So I had to make sure that you guys know that. Secondly, Chris, what, what did this movie get on the Jello score? Uh, 35, but I'll give you the point for the chase okay. if you really want to have it. So. Yay! There we go. Yeah. And um, there's an accomplice point. There, there should be four points well, for an accomplice. I mean, we have, you, have to, you have to take into consideration here that the whole thing that goes, like, all of these, uh, all of these points that get assigned to these films are based on the fact that there is a murderer... And a, um, um, an identity and a crime to be solved, and none of that is going on. So, um, an accomplice. What, what, what kind of an accomplice are we talking about? An the accomplice for guy. what? But what was what was she the idea? The, the idea behind an accomplice boy. is okay. There was a murderer who was murdering people, and then there was another person who was murdering people. And the two no, of them got confused as the wrong killer. Excuse me just for a moment, please. I'm not finished. Uh, there's two ways that you can get points for that level. One of them is that there are two murderers that don't that aren't working together, but that just happen to be connected in the movie. Um, or you can have a killer, like in Four Flies and Grey Velvet, you had the killer, and then you had the guy who was helping the killer with some of the staged murderers. Or in um, Bird, uh, you had the killer, and then you had the husband who was also helping. Uh, in this particular case, I can't give points for an accomplice because what were they accomplicing? What were they providing accomplicing for? He like was what? a part of her nasty plan. To not murder anyone. You never know. 
Maybe he was going to do the murdering. We, what no, about we, mistaken identity? Why, just because the guy dresses up as a girl, that's mistaken identity? And the girl dresses up as a guy, and they so, trick the doorman and get in. So <laughs> I'll, I'll direct everyone to uh, jalloscore.com slash criteria. Criteria. <laughs> and... There are there are very specific definitions of all these rules, and we can talk about um, mistaken identity. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. During the course of the film, the police identify the wrong person, and the remaining characters are falsely led to believe that the threat of death has passed due to the capture or death of the suspect. Yeah. Well, I also think it should get ten points for avoiding capture. That can't apply here. <laughs> Oh, but the no, cops weren't right. after anybody. There was no cops. There's nobody who's trying to be captured. <laughs> so are you fighting over having this be a 35 or a 45? Because I really think that's just splitting hairs. Um, a, a 35 Ooh. or a 63? 63 you want. I would basically have to call and tell the hosting company to take down the site if this if this film got a 63. I couldn't <laughs> we, live with we myself. We need a J-bag. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, can I ask yeah. this question? Um, yeah. now that I, I, I almost lost my train of thought. What the fuck was it? Um, don't you think though that the okay the infer the inferring kind of underlying metaphor thing was that okay, she's really the one who's the depraved, sick, and um, disgusting person who forced her crazy fetishes on her husband. That's the theory. And so that's why he said, you made me this way. So is that kind of like the, t the typical 80s misogynistic cop-out, like, you know, you dress that way, so um, it's okay if I rape you kind of thing. You know what I mean? That the filmmakers well, I mean, do that, know and, you know. But we don't know if it was a thing where it was like her idea to start the business. If it was her right. idea to do the thing with the That's true. Her. You did make that point that there's no real background here. And yeah. It's, it's, I think it's just a theory at this point. She was evil the whole time, just like Jar Jar Binks in Star Wars. <laughs> no one really knows the answer. We might never know the answer. Well, I mean, let me say for one thing that um, Florence Guerin is absolutely gorgeous. He's a babe. I mean, unbelievably, like, the, one of the reasons why I made it through the film is because she's pretty much in every scene, and in every scene she's naked, or she's got uh, a gun up her cooch, or she's got a fork, or she's got, uh, what was the other a thing? Foot. A foot. Um, she has <clears throat> lingerie. She's, you know, she's in various positions. Um, you know, I... You know, and then when the movie got to the point where she looked a lot more like, um, what does she look like? She, Winona Ryder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Winona Ryder. You know, and it's the the hair really and the makeup really can change the way a person is perceived, obviously. But she did look like Winona Ryder, and and the and the husband, he was the guy from Torso, who was one of the two motorcycle guys. That's the only time I can remember seeing him. I think I think he was in the fifth chord as well. 
So, like, you know, every time the husband would pop on, I'm like, I know I've seen that guy somewhere, and I went and looked him up. Yeah. And uh, that's where he was, uh, that's where he came from. I'm just but glad yeah, Edward's she's... not in anything else. I can't look at his Beauty and the Beast face anymore. <laughs> he he did look in like, my own private Idaho. He looked like a, a lion. Yeah. But then I thought if uh, her lover from the hotel had worn her shoulder pad suit, he would have looked a lot like David Byrne in a Talking Heads video. <laughs> <laughs> He's had that kind of flat unibrow yes. face. Well, she was also in Black Venus, Faithless, and Demon Six. What did she do with a black penis? You broke up. What did you say? Black again? Venus. Oh, Black, Black Venus. Venus. I'm sorry. <laughs> Black Venus. Yeah, she was in another one of these kind of movies. Have you guys seen Demon Six? <laughs> no. <laughs> I noticed that. she was. She's in that one, right? She's in mm -hmm. Demon Six. Is that when they just started naming movies Demons? Yeah. That had nothing to do with <laughs> the first one or two? I have no idea. It had like a different title, and then when they released it on video, they just tacked on like a Demons 7 or Demons whatever, Demons 12. Yeah. I'm making a face yeah, because I'm, I'm at the Coke bottles, the Coke can scene, and then I just can't Isn't that just a waste it. of delicious Coca-Cola? <sighs> They're going to be all sticky, and she's going to yeah. get a yeast infection, and no <laughs> one's worried about this except No me. one ever thinks That's about yeah, what happens afterwards. You gotta She's going to need a cream. big old thing of yogurt uh -huh. to take care of that infection. This okay. is disgusting. All right, so, I mean, maybe here's the here's the case that I can make, and, and whether we choose to accept it or whether anybody chooses to accept it or not is fine. But, I mean, I don't consider this to be a giallo, so that's kind of why a lot of the rules didn't apply. Like, again, the idea of the points being applied to the basic idea that there's some sort of a mystery to be solved. I mean, what was the mystery? The mystery was well, that feel, she was the one? I mean, that's I kind like of... I feel like the Jalo is a Jalo based on how the films were pre-Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Like, this, is, this isn't any different than one on top of the other or... Um, uh, practically any Carol Baker movie from the late 60s. Right. You know, it's like a couple in forbidden love getting into trouble and somebody dies. You know, it's like, it's not your black-coated, hat-gloved, killer body count movie, which I normally really like a lot. But this is just like, it's like an older cell. Like if one on top of the other was made in 87, it would have probably been very close to that. Right. But at the beginning of one on top of another, and we did we did cover that one, right? I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Yeah. The, the woman dies, and then the rest of, at least the middle part of the movie, they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And then all of a sudden... You know, um, reminiscent of Vertigo, she shows up in a blonde wig, and she looks exactly like the wife. And then it turns out, you know, that this whole scam yeah. is going on. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that movie got a high score either. So, I do think it's hard for people to grab hold of this one as being a Jello, like what Chris is saying. I myself struggled with it a little bit. 
I mean, it gets it gets a couple little things here and there, like uh, the spiral staircase. I think I even saw some JMB being um, yes. enjoyed. They're definitely a JMB bottle. But the big ones, yeah, it's hard to grab a hold of and and say that these these have the big staples of a Jalo film. But when you think, I guess when you think about it, like there are some parallels. I mean, the fashion's a little bit different in 1987 than it was in 1972. True, absolutely. Lots of uh, pale pastels instead of bright red and yellows and golds. But it still had that. I mean, it still had that very fashion forward, or not fashion forward, just fashion focused. Um, music played a played a big part, even though the soundtrack in this movie was The Pits. That yeah, it was terrible. Saxophone. Oh. You didn't like what? that song that goes explicit lyrics. <laughs> explicit lyrics. Well, it did kind of remind me of like '80s porno music, right? Oh, like, yeah. like Kenny it G. In your ear. Yeah. Now, oh. I read somewhere that somebody compared one of the scenes at the end to De Palma's Body Double, which I've never seen, but. Is that kind of what they were going for there? Is that what Body Double is all about? Like a a, a man dressed up like a woman? I don't, I don't know. I didn't see that film. So, uh, Well, it sounds more like a spoiler with uh, Dress to Kill. I mean, if that's what you're going to go at. Like just people dressing up like a girl. Uh-huh. Like if you look at the plot keywords, it's escape, marriage, beach house, transsexual, and female nudity. I saw Beach House on there. I was worried that like some middle-aged postmenopausal woman <laughs> would be like, hey, I want to look, watch some Beach House movies. Yeah, imagine if they've had The Wind Beneath My Wings on, on, this, uh, on this movie. I watched Beaches, and then I watched Profumo. <laughs> no, but like, I found this movie on a Jolly list on IMDb originally, and then when I went to one of my favorite sites to look for movies under Jalo, it was there. Huh. So, well, I found. I know when, you said it just comes up on porn sites. Yeah, I mean, if you search Google for Profumo Bazaar, because if you just search for Profumo, you're going to get Italian websites for perfume. So if you yeah. search. Profumo Bazaar. Um, most of the res- most of the res- you know the first thing you get obviously is an IMDb listing. Then you get a bunch of YouTube clips of the film, and then you get um, another bunch of YouTube or other websites that are uh, eighteen and over adult video clips. Uh, there is one review. Uh, on some sort of Netflix blog, and then there's one at X Hamster, which is a porn site. Uh, there's one at I've never best, heard of any of these. BestErotica.com. Uh, just clips of the film, you know. So, uh, what did the Netflix blogger say? Did they any, like it? AnyBunny.com. <laughs> oh. um, the Netflix blogger did like it. Liked it a lot. Did you write well, there that? You go. That thirteen-year-old boy sure liked that movie. There's a um a net a Netflix and beyond. It's called NetflixCommunity.ning.com, and the um the uh, the reviewer is uh, Inspector Capuana. Inspector what? Inspector Capuana, Capuana. which sounds familiar. Inspector, yeah. 
It sounds like... Uh, Is that what she calls it? This movie's got to be good. He gave it three out of five stars. Okay, above That's average. That's perfect. Yeah. So, oh. um, basically, Chris didn't like it. Eric, yeah. what do you think? Well, like Chris said, I, I was able to, I managed to sit through the whole thing, so that's that already uh, gives it at least one star. And, I mean, yeah, it's got a beautiful woman. It's Italian, so I think that's another reason why people associate it with Giallo. Um, it's so it's got all that that fun, um, <clears throat> weird perspective on certain things. It's over the top, sleazy. I mean, it's got that NC-17 rating, which kind of rare, I guess, nowadays, but back then yeah. it was always kind of fun to stumble upon one of those. Um, it has all the little touches, like we mentioned, the little the little things that I think also people associate it with Jello, but I think overall I was really missing that that murder element, um, the it, kind of it being charged the whole time by this this they have to hurry and find who the, find who all, this killer is or why things are going on. But really, it's just this isolated story of three or four people. But see, you have to learn to wait. <laughs> Didn't you get that out of the phone? I can't. In this day and age, I don't have time to wait. I gotta go but, I mean, even, listen, even if it's not, I mean, it's, surely we all understand that the, the term giallo um, is loosely kind I of do. translated from loosely translated from these books that were written quite a while ago, and they weren't all murder mysteries, but I think that, again, we refer back to Al and our Italian correspondents and some of our European friends, the term giallo typically means some sort of a mystery, right? So, again, my question is, what was mysterious about this? I mean... It was every, thrilling. It was? There, was? there were some some parts where you're like kind of trying to figure out is this guy really there? Is this is she having visions? Is uh, well, like, you know, and, and you know driving the car and then she's like that's my car and he's like, oh okay and that's a and that's <laughs> a really that's a really good point because in the very beginning like uh, Creep was talking about when she goes to the hotel because she's had enough and you know she meets the guy in the bar and then at one point there's somebody. That's like spying on her. I was like, okay, maybe maybe something's gonna happen here. Maybe maybe she's gonna get killed, and then we're gonna find out like what the mystery is, or maybe there's some sort of something going on. But it, it never like every time you were like, well, I wonder if it's something mysterious going on. It really was no. It's just the husband again. He's there again. I don't. Well, I didn't they, necessarily they get the idea. I was gonna say it I didn't a lot really necessarily get the idea that that he was a vision that was kept showing up in her mind. I just kept thinking that he just kept showing up because they were at their there own were like beach three, house. There were three scenes I think in the movie where she would have a flash of him, like when right. she first goes into the hotel, she opens the door and sees him on the bed with a girl, and he's like, "You're late," and she goes, <gasps> and then she opens her eyes and nobody's there. So, like, there were these, like, little moments that right. she kept having. But other than that, I mean, the voyeuristic nature of this movie, I think, really lends itself to the genre. And um, it might not have been um, hit well out of the park, but um, it, it has its merit. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, I would, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. I don't. I'm not saying it's the worst yeah, film I've ever right seen. Now. I am watching it right now, um, at two x speed, which actually makes it better. Um, I, you know, it, it's not the worst film ever. I think I probably, if I had to choose between, see, this is hard. I had to choose between this and um, Sister of Ursula. I th- oh, that'd be so hard. I think I'm picking. Uh, I don't know. Just for the sake that, you know, Sister of Ursula at least uh, appeals to I me from a giallo standpoint yeah. because there's a killer and there's some suspense and there's some stalking, but it's it's quite a silly film. Whereas this one, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'd want to watch either one. But if you had a gun to my head, I'd probably. Uh, it's hard because I could just watch this. Uh, with the sound turned off and watch Florence, whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah, I could have done without the pretty much the entire middle with her and Eddie going back and forth, fighting, you know, making up, sticking hairbrushes in, uh, things getting awkward, playing Simply Red on the jukebox. <laughs> just all that I could have just, I don't know, saved for another day. But Would you rather watch this again, Eric, or Sister Versala? I would rather watch this. Wow. There were no there, you go. I mean, there were more there was more pubic hair in Sister Versla, but there were pretty <laughs> there was a prettier girl in this so one. What? Yeah. I don't know. There there was more different hair. Different kinds of hairs. Movie. Yeah. But there was there was a lot of the same hairstyle yeah. in this oh, yeah. one. <laughs> crying out loud. <laughs> um, but that's okay. This movie isn't for everybody, but that's all right because on our next episode, we're going to crack into those top three and which one has won the bottom spot. And don't say the guy with the hairbrush and his keister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, it's a. Uh, you can say that it won the bottom spot because even getting the third place is still pretty big. Um, because it's three big That's choices. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Florence said, or whatever her name is. So That's I think number three, was, or next next time we get together, it will be Tenebrae. The nice. The Chris Kitts. Is this your first time? It's my first time. Oh, my God, dude. I'm so jealous. Oh, my gosh. You're going to love it. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Please, please don't use a gun on and, the first time. And, I, and, and please also, please keep yourself quarantined from reading anything about it so that you're totally surprised when you yeah, watch the film. Just watch it right don't. now. Yeah, just go watch it now. Watch it before, yeah. Just pause you guys. Turn I, off this podcast and go creep, watch it. <laughs> creep, I think, I mean, I think at this point, I'm pretty sure I remember Eric's all-time favorite from all of these podcasts being Torso. Is that right? Uh, let me consult my list. Yeah, I think that's still in the top top spot. Creep, would you say that he might like Tenebrae more than Torso? I think there's definitely going to be some moving and shaking going on in his top ten. Yeah. Well, hey, For listen. Sure. We're, we're, you know, the problem is we're hyping it up so much he's probably going to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Titanic. I will, I will say that I uh, prepared myself by taking advantage of a recent sale on Arrow Video Blu-rays and saw that Tenebrae was among cool. the discounted ones, so I grabbed that. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to talk Is about Tenebrae. Is the other cover the girl in the 
You know how Arrow does those alternate covers? Is it yeah. the one where she's through the sheet? That was the when they first released it on DVD, I believe. Um, I think now that it's on Blu-ray, it's got a little bit of a different image. Um, trying to think of... I know I just looked at is it. it. The, is it the one with the girl laying on top of the ripped page? Yes, I believe. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I think it's... Oh, gosh. Uh, wait, let me share my screen for all you girls it's and like, guys. Here. It's like mostly black, and then in the corner is like a white. She's like laying on something. She's all bloody. And then the... Nice. The Tenebrae has like slashes through the title. Yeah, there it is. Sort of. Oh, tossed. okay. So I think cool. the other title is better. Or the other I know I've I know I've asked this um, I actually you. have this movie on a shitty Mills Creek box set um, <laughs> with it called Unsane. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have you seen that version, Chris? Yep. Yeah. In fact, um, we'll get into this, I guess, next week. But that was the very first version of the film that I saw, except for the fact that. The scenes that were deleted from that cut were in Dario Argento's World of Horror, and I had actually seen that first. So the scene okay. with, the, with the axe and the and the arm dismemberment that's so basically so famous at this point that was that was not in the Unsane copy um, at all. And Unsane the Unsane copy was obviously a uh, a pan and scan, you know. Four yeah. ratio one. So when the um, I think that when the time I finally got to see the film in its uncut glory from start to finish was when they put out the laser disc. Uh, I forget who put it out. Somebody put it out on laser disc, and I had a laser disc player at the time. So, and uh, I love it. I love the music. Oh man. Um, yeah. And I, I, I I'm not a, sure if I speak for everybody here, but all three of these next movies we're gonna do all hold a really special place in my heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they all came into my life at a really special time, I guess. So, it's, yeah, it's going to be good. I agree. I think that these, uh, with the exception of maybe, you know, I don't know if this is my top three of all of my favorite Jolly, but it's pretty close. Like, Tenebrae, then week after that we're doing Strange Vice, and then the, the the fifty the number fifty is deep red and um or uh, profundo rosso. But uh I had a question and I think I've asked this before, but I'm gonna ask it again. The arrow video Blu-rays, um, do you need a special player to play them in America? Yeah, you need to get some some kind of a uh, region-free player, either that's been hacked beforehand or that allows you to to uh, punch in a code to switch okay. between region. I think with Blu-rays it's A and B. Is that the only thing? Is it just the region coding? So it's yep. not... Because I remember when DVDs and uh, Laserdiscs, uh, if you got those from Europe, they were in PAL format and not NTSC yeah. format, but I don't think that matters anymore. Right. No, it doesn't. It'll still play it. Uh, you just have to realize that the you know the runtime's a little different. So you like this has happened to me so many times. I'll go look at the runtime before I put in a movie that I have in PAL format, and then suddenly it's done like ten minutes early or something. And I thought I missed a bunch of footage. I thought that I got some shitty cut up version, but really it was uncut. It just plays like a smidge faster. 
I see. But I think Arrow does have some U.S. Uh, yeah, they've moved in the U.S. now, so. They, I think their, their What Have You Done to Solange um, release in December that's coming out. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be U.S. and yes. U.K. Yeah, that's cool. Right on. That one. Well, yeah, I, I hope, hope everybody with me before I get into my first time with Tenebrae, and we should thank our listeners because they were the ones that chose this next three for us. So you came yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. Super. And a special shout out to uh, Magnus Pranoff Larson who suggested that we do the designated victim. It only got one vote. Uh, all the rest of the uh, films that got votes were fake. Um, specifically, The Monkey with the Ass of Fire, uh, Blood and Black Bart, and The Cicada Buzzes Twice. Um, but I think a classic. But I think that we should probably say um, that once we're done with these big three, that the next one should be designated victim, just as a, a special honorable mention to the one guy who came in and said, "You know what? I'm gonna, I'm who gonna win against gonna, the time. I'm gonna go against the grain here." Voting Ralph Nader. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna Bernie Sanders this bitch. Oh yeah, Bernie, feel the burn. I think Bernie is getting more than one right. vote though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling the burn after watching this movie. <laughs> it's a medicine. Gonorrhea. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, um, thank you all for uh, tuning in. And until next time, everybody, ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.